Broadcasting from the heart of commie-controlled America, the no-bullshit bearer of doom and gloom, opium-free broadcast, the most important hour of your day. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the Daily Dose on the Red Pill Project. My name is Vince Taglivia. I am filling in tonight for Joshua Reed. He'll be back uh, next week, but he will be continuing to do his other shows, so make sure you turn into Dark to Light and everything else in the meantime. This is a show where we talk about the, day, uh, the daily news and events and communism coming to America. Uh, spoiler alert, it's here, if you haven't noticed. And we talk about a lot of stories that pertain to this global takeover, globalism, globalists. You've got Klaus Schwab and other movie villains that are living in our world and pulling the strings. So we follow it from every perspective, from the financial, from the political, to the uh, health perspectives, the local social and cultural um, destabilization that comes with it. Just the whole shebang, political corruption, World War Three, the supply chain, um, the Great Reset, science, these kinds of things. Of course, tomorrow we have uh, conversations on the fringe, which I'll be filling in for Josh with uh, co-host Jim Bob Ovalshorts, and we will be uh, having a show tomorrow night. Uh, we are going to be having tomorrow night's show an hour early, so it'll be at 4.30 p.m. Pacific time. But make sure you tune in tomorrow night to catch that. And also tomorrow morning, morning coffee, right on schedule with our Friday funnies. So we look forward, Andrea and I look forward to seeing you bright and early tomorrow morning for coffee. So full schedule, full steam ahead. We've got some breaking news. The Twitter files part two, just just as I was going live, completed. It just finished being released. So... I figured, you know, there is a lot of news, but that is going to be what we need to get that update on right away since it's breaking right now, and maybe some of you haven't had a chance to even browse it yet. So what do you guys say we look at the Twitter files and go through part two? In part one, released by Elon Musk, uh, or Elon Musk's team, rather, we learned that the DNC um, was requesting that certain political accounts or certain accounts with political views they didn't agree with be censored. And via email communications, they would say, hey, look at this. Twitter would say, don't worry, it's handled. And those accounts would be banned. So there was essentially election interference, not only with the U.S., but other countries as well. And we've been waiting for part two, and here it is. So we're going to get into it. Let's just jump right into it. What do y'all say? Uh, I'll try to monitor the chats as we go through here and uh, give y'all shout outs for the Battle of the Streams as we go on. Any contributions through the live shows on DLive and Rumble and Pilled uh, help keep the Red Pill Project going, the decentralized news and media. It defunds the fake news and allows us to put this content out. So thank you to everybody who supports, who has uh, subscriptions to the different channels or or, uh, follows the show daily and shares it. You guys are awesome. Also, uh, one way to support us, and it also doesn't cost you a penny if you don't want to or you can't afford it. That's fine. You can join the Social Red Pill, www.socialredpill.com, and interact with myself and Josh and Andrea and the whole Red Pill family there. A lot of people in the comments are there. It's a large community. It's very active, so we'd love to see you there. 
www.socialredpill.com. Lots of new users. Welcome to all the new users over there. We uh, we appreciate it and hope you enjoy it. Uh, and I before we jump into the Twitter thing, my uh, I just want to say like I'm just going to be going through. We'll talk about exactly what the Twitter file said, part two. But then with the news, um, you know, I will give you the news and I'll give you a little bit of my opinion. My opinion is not the end. Your opinion matters too. So I do appreciate the feedback in the comments uh, on Rumble and the live chats and everywhere else on the social red pill on Twitter, wherever you want to contact me. But let's have a conversation about it. You know, I'm not set in my ways. I could change my mind tomorrow on some of this stuff. So I'm totally open to conversation. No reason to not just stay open to conversation and, and learn. So I encourage that and, uh, let's jump into it. Let's get over here. Let's see. This is exciting stuff. Um, this woman, Barry Weiss is the one tweeting out the second part of the Twitter files. This is the founder and editor of the free press. This looks to be um, a new website, the fp.com. And she's a journalist. I think she used to do Substack, and now it looks like she's trying to decentralize. She's trying to get into her own little thing. So she started a website here, and then there's some news. So this is interesting. I should start. I started following them, and we'll see. Um, some good, uh, honest journalism. Hopefully, we'll see. And uh, so that's interesting. So she said an hour ago, thread the Twitter files part two, Twitter's secret blacklists. Uh, and it's not in order now. Here we go. Number one, a new Twitter files investigation reveals that teams of Twitter employees build blacklists, prevent dis disfavored tweets from trending and actively limit the visibility of entire accounts or even trending topics all in secret without informing users. Number two, Twitter once had a mission, quote, to give everyone the power to create and share ideas and information instantly without barriers, unquote. Along the way, barriers nevertheless were erected. <laughs> okay, this is me commenting now. Um, isn't that an ironic, <laughs> kind of like a company motto when they're censoring? I'll continue. Number three, Take, for example, Stanford's Dr. J. Bhattacharya, uh, who argued that COVID lockdowns would harm children. Twitter secretly placed him on a trends blacklist, which prevented his tweets from trending because he stood up for kids and lockdowns because of the lockdowns. And here is a picture of the evidence. And you can see these tags. Here's his picture, J. Bhattacharya. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. But um, they have tags underneath. Uh, this is on Twitter's back end, and it says recent abuse strike, recent abuse strike, trends blacklist, and a strike count zero. So he was on this trends blacklist, which would keep his posts from getting a lot of likes and shares, and and be shown to other people to like and share because they didn't like or agree with his stance on something, which we know is uh widely known now to be <laughs> rooted in truth. All right, onward here. Number four, or consider the popular right-wing talk show host Dan Bongino, who at one point was slapped with a search blacklist. And let's look at Don, uh, Dan Bongino's Twitter on the back end here, back end of Twitter. He's a verified account, an active account. Let's see the other tags here. 
He has a notifications spike, search blacklist tag, and a notifications spike tag, a Twitter blue verified tag, multiple accounts tag, a strike account tag, a NSFW view tag, and the SPMA tag. We'll talk about these. The NSFW view tag basically means that his posts are not safe for work. You know, like this is what pornographic pages get on their accounts. So basically they're blocking it. You have to be 18 years or older in order to follow him. And it makes it more difficult to get your reach, which they call it now reach. So they still do this, but you know, um, let's move on. Number five, Twitter set the account of conservative uh, the account of conservative activist Charlie Kirk to do not amplify. So here's Charlie Kirk's screenshot from the back end of Twitter. He has the verified status, the active status, which means he's active on Twitter, and the recent abuse strike tag, the notifications spike tag, multiple accounts tag, strike account tag, do not amplify tag, NSFW view tag, not safe for work. And two others, which I don't know. Number six, Twitter denied that it does such things. In 2018, Twitter's Vijaya Gade, I don't know her last name, uh, Twitter's Vijaya, the head of the legal policy and trust, and Kaven Bakepore, head of product, said, quote, we do not shadow ban, unquote. They added, quote, and we certainly don't shadow ban based on political viewpoints or ideology. Number seven, what many people call shadow banning, Twitter executives and employees call visible filtering or VF. Multiple high-level sources confirmed its meaning. They said, number eight, quote, think about visibility filtering as a way for us to support what people see to different levels. It's a very powerful tool, one senior Twitter employee, one senior Twitter employee told us. Nine, quote, VF refers to Twitter's control over visibility. It used VF to block searches of individual users, to limit the scope of a particular tweet's discoverability, to block select users' posts from ever appearing on the trending page, and from inclusion in hashtag searches. So they said they never shadow banned, but they called it something else. This is like something we see from the left all the time, right? They redefine words and then just play this word gymnastic word gymnastics this kind of makes me think of when if this comes to lawsuits which it's going to come to a lot of lawsuits i don't know who's going to sue who here or what's going to happen but i imagine one of the arguments is going to be no we never censored political views we we did this vf baloney we or we never um you know it's just semantics we never shadow banned we were practicing our um VF, our, our personal policy of, of visible visibility filtering. That's not shadow banning. <laughs> baloney. Absolutely baloney. Baloney. <clears throat> baloney, baloney, all the same thing. Number 10, this was all without users' knowledge. Yeah, they never told us this, but we all suspected it. Now we have the proof. Number 11, quote, we control visibility quite a bit and we control the amplification of your content quite a bit and normal people do not know how much we do one twitter engineer told us two additional twitter employees confirmed number 12 the group that decided whether to limit the reach of certain users was the the strategic response team global escalation team or srt-get it was often handled up to two it often handled up to 200 cases a day 
the Strategic Response Team Global Escalation Team. They were just out there finding and targeting these accounts 200 plus a day. Wow. Number 13, but there existed a level beyond official ticketing, beyond the rank and file moderators following the company's policy on paper. That is the Site Integrity Policy Policy Escalation Support, known as SIPPES, S-I-P-P-E-S. 14, this secret group included Head of Legal, Policy, and Trust, Vijaya, and the Global Head of Trust and Safety, Yoel Roth, subsequent CEOs, Jack Dorsey, and Parag Agrawal, and others. Boom. Just as we all suspected, despite what was being said last week, Jack apparently probably had more to do with this than anyone uh, wanted to admit at first. I think Elon kind of said something along the lines of Jack's innocent in this or he had no idea, and Jack also claims that he had no idea, but this kind of throws Jack right under the bus with internal communications here. And him being the head of that department, hello, that means he was in those meetings with that group, right? Oh, so Jack's not innocent. I think we all had that feeling. Um, 14, this secret group, oh, okay, number 15. This is where the biggest and most politically sensitive decisions got made. And I'm talking about the secret group with uh, the higher ups in the company, the head of legal policy and trust and the global head of trust and the CEOs. Um, Think high follower account controversial in another Twitter employee told us for these, there would be no ticket or anything they said. So the bigger accounts would go to this higher, uh, it'd be escalated to higher management. Number 16, one of the accounts that rose to this level of scrutiny was Libs of TikTok, an account that was on the trends blacklist and was designated as do not take action on user without consulting with SIPPIS, which is upper management. Let's look at Libs of TikTok, uh, the snapshot from the back end on Twitter. Notification spike tag, trends blacklist tag, recent abuse strike tag, Twitter blue verified tag, multiple accounts tag, strike count tag set at two, high profile tag, NSFW view tag, and two others. So highly shadow banned from every angle. I don't know what other tags there are, but we'll continue here to number 17. The account which Chaya Rashik began in November 2020 and now boasts over 1.4 million followers was subjected to six suspensions in 2022 alone, Rashik says. Each time, Rashik was blocked from posting for as long as a week. That is the owner of Libs of TikTok. Number 18, Twitter repeatedly informed Rashik that she had been suspended for violating Twitter's policy against hateful conduct. Number 19, but in an internal SIPPIES memo from October 2022, after her seventh suspension, the committee acknowledged that, quote, LTT, Libs of TikTok, has not directly engaged in behavior violative of the hateful conduct policy. And they put the whole memo below saying that she did not violate it, but that um, they says that at this time, the site policy has not found explicitly violative tweets, which would result in a permanent suspension on the account. They're saying that... Um, the assessment here is since most of the recent timeout while LTT was not directly engaged in behavior violative of the hateful conduct policy, the user has continued targeting individuals, allies, supporters of the LGBTQIA plus community for alleged misconduct. 
the targeting of at least one of these institutions, dot, dot, dot. Um, yeah, so wow. This is crazy stuff. So number 20, I'm almost getting to the end here. <laughs> oh my gosh. The committee justified her suspensions internally by claiming her post encouraged online harassment of hospital and medical providers by insinuating, quote, that gender-affirming healthcare is equivalent to child abuse or grooming. Well, I mean, it is. So she was right, and they didn't like that she was right about grooming. Of course, they're protecting the groomers here, and that just makes you wonder, you know, what kind of sick people worked at Twitter. Hopefully they don't anymore. Most of them don't, but man. Number 21, compare this to what happened when Reishik herself was doxxed on November 21st, 2022. A photo of her home with her address was posted in a tweet that, was gar that garnered more than 10,000 likes. 22. When Rashik told Twitter that her address had been disseminated, she says Twitter support responded with this message, quote, We reviewed the, co the reported content and didn't find it to be in violation of the Twitter rules. No action was taken. The doxing tweet is still up. 23. In internal Slack messages, Twitter employees spoke of using technicalities to restrict, restrict the visibility of tweets on and subjects. Here's Yol Roth, Twitter's then global head of trust and safety, in a direct message to colleagues in early 2021. Quote, a lot of times, SI has used technicality spam enforcements as a way to solve problem a problem created by safety under enforcing their policies, which, again, isn't a problem per se, but it keeps us from addressing the root cause of the issue, which is that our safety policies need some attention. 24. Six days later, in a direct message with an employee on the health, misinformation, privacy, and identity research team, Roth requested more research to support expanding, quote, non-removal policy interventions like disabling engagements and de-amplifying slash visibility filtering. Wow. 25, Roth wrote, quote, oh, this is just quoting what we just went over, We're jumping to 27. There is more to come to the story, which was reported by multiple reporters and the team of the Free Press, Barry Weiss here. Um, at the FP.com will have the story, but uh, Barry Weiss says here on the last one, the authors have broad and expanding access to Twitter's files. The only condition we agreed to was that the material would be first published on Twitter. So it looks like they're working with Elon and Twitter to get this information out there. Interesting way to do it, but I guess that uh, Elon doesn't have the time to do everything, so I guess that's a way to do it. Hopefully we have some good reporters on it that aren't going to sweep certain things under the rug. Wow. So that's it. Twitter files part two. Let's uh, wait for the next one. I like that this is happening, but I have a controversial opinion on the whole thing. I'll tell you that. I don't think that Elon Musk is any type of savior or great guy. I, I think that what he's doing is good and this could lead to really good, really good things at the same time. Um, I think that I think that people overrate him. I'll just say that. But this is good stuff. This is going to lead to places. But I also worry about this kind of stuff making people placate or placating people. Um, and me and Andrea talked about this this morning. And, you know, people aren't really standing up much in the U.S. Um, other things are happening globally. But, man, I just don't want people to think, oh, you know, the Twitter thing is going to solve everything or Elon Musk is going to save us now. Don't worry, everybody. Just sit down on your couch and eat popcorn. We still need to stay vigilant and uh, take care of ourselves and our communities at that level. 
this definitely helps us do that though hey everybody angel wings thank you hey spencer moonchild um everybody over there on d live pammy pam pam ali guys thank you so much for tuning in live let's jump over to the battle of the streams real quick we got a few here ali d with three ice creams shannon uh thank you ali d shannon with 17 lemons thank you shannon me brenda with a ninja guinea thank you so much me brenda peace love and booms heck yeah thank you shannon with ice cream thank you all so much for your support i appreciate it we're going to get into the news, though, because there is a lot. And I'm going to try to get through the most important stuff first because I have to leave in. I have to go in 40 minutes. But let's get through it. All right, let's check it out here. Um, the financial stuff's absolutely nuts. And let's just go through that really quickly. In and out, financial. So BlackRock says get ready for a recession unlike any other and what worked in the past won't work now. This was reported by Business Insider. So BlackRock is saying that. Can you believe it? Wow. Um, but of course, on the other hand, you have Yellen out there that says the recession in the U.S. is not inevitable. She's full of it. Let's see this real quick. Yellen. Recession is not inevitable. Okay, well, maybe. So let's we'll talk about it. She says, or this article says, a, recess, a recession in the U.S. is not inevitable, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said Thursday, adding that she believed the world's biggest economy is on the right track in lowering inflation. Her comments on the heels of a forceful campaign by the U.S. Central Bank to cool demand this year, walking a tightrope between lowering consumer costs while trying not to tip the economy into a downturn. For now, many economists expect the U.S. could experience a downturn next year. On, quote, whether or not we can avoid a recession, I believe the answer is yes, she told reporters during a visit to the Bureau of Engraving and Printing's current, uh, currency facility in Fort Worth, Texas. Supply chain bottlenecks are starting to ease, and new apartment rents have essentially peaked, with the labor market cooling slightly as well, Yellen said. This is baloney. This is me talking. This, I think that's baloney. She said, quote, without seeing significant nationwide Without seeing significant net nationwide layoffs, I believe we're on the right track in terms of lowering inflation and recessions not inevitable. <sighs> oh, really? Layoffs are doing pretty good, huh? Well, what about this? Yelling? You lying. You know, you guys put the word in the chat. I don't know. U.S. November Challenger layoffs, according to ForexLive.com. U.S.-based employers announced 76,835 cuts in November, a 127% increase compared to the month prior. This marks the sixth month so far this year in which job cuts have, ha have been higher than the corresponding month last year. That said, the year-to-date total remains the second lowest on record, only trailing behind last year's total. The, sur the surge in job cuts last month owes much to a jump in tech layoffs, 52,771. That brings the year-to-date total to 80,798 job cuts, which is the highest since 2002, Janet. You lying son. They just go out there and lie through their teeth. That's what they do. We got to look at the news from all angles because you start getting to the hard data, you start realizing there's a little bit of truth to be found. 
And we know these job cuts are not stopping yet, okay? We've gone over these stories. I don't have them in front of me, but just if you've watched the Daily Dose of the past, you know all these companies we've named, Walmart, Amazon, the list goes on, all the big ones. Um, and the housing recession is here, okay? I mean, you guys remember 2008? Right now, there are 270,000 mortgages, mortgages obtained in 2022 that are already underwater, according to Natural News. And no, that doesn't mean the climate change stuff is happening and that the sea level rose and these are beachfront properties and they're underwater. This means the houses are worth less than the loan. They owe they owe more on their house than the house is worth. 270,000 mortgages obtained in 2022 are in this category. That's not good. That leads to bad stuff. That leads to bankruptcies. That leads to people having to pay the difference of that if they sell their house. Ooh, this is a, a part of the financial crisis that we're facing today, which is why I think BlackRock was saying this is going to be unlike anything else. Um, on top of that, we have other stuff affecting real estate, and Zero Hedge published this article saying that remote work revolution has wiped out $453 billion in commercial real estate value. This comes from the pandemic. This comes from everybody in 2020 being sent home and not allowed to go to work, working from home, and not going back. There's just all this real estate that's not being used. Wow. And of course, as all this goes on, they want to keep sending out stimulus payments to everybody. Apparently... Excuse me, I have like burp coming here. $500 payments for Maine residents are to go out next week. I saw this on Twitter. And Washington Examiner posted an article uh, covering this, the stimulus update. $500 payments for Maine residents to go out next week. Select residents of Maine are poised to get a payments of up to $500 that would be rolled out one week on the week of December 12th to help alleviate pressures from ballooning heating costs. It's really interesting. Um, assistance will be targeted at roughly 13,000 households with income, Mainers aged 65 and older, below 133% of the federal poverty line, who collected a supplemental nutrition assistance program benefit. Just more government help for people. And this isn't a huge deal. It's not a huge deal, but this is the stuff they do. Just keep printing and handing it out and they don't, it's affecting our economy. Um, and there's a bigger global thing going on. It's not just the United States and our markets, right? Um, here we have Venezuela. Venezuela removes eight tons of gold from their central bank. According to sources. Let's see. Uh, Reuters reported Venezuela removes eight tons of gold from central bank. Caracas, Venezuela removed eight tons of gold from the central bank's vault last week, and the cash-strapped socialist state is expected to sell the bullion abroad as it seeks to raise hard currency in the face of U.S. sanctions, a lawmaker and one government source said. Oh, my gosh, they're selling their gold. That's not good. Yikes. Uh, and of course, on the other end of that, if somebody's selling gold, I wonder who's buying the gold. Let's see. Naturalnews.com reported China 
buying up the world's gold supply in preparation for new world reserve currency designed to end the dollar. Yeah, remember the BRICS nations? That includes China, everybody. And they've been buying gold for a while. Here we go, naturalnews.com. In the first quarter of this year, central banks around the world purchased 87.7 tons of gold. That rose to 186 tons for the second quarter, and the third quarter, a whopping 399.3 tons were purchased. A shocking 300 tons of gold was purchased by China alone, confirming what, we're, what we long suspected, even though China's purchase wasn't deliberately shrouded in secrecy. That means China is buying up the world's available gold supply at a pace that dwarfs all other countries on the planet. Why is China doing this? Quote, China thought to be stockpiling gold to cut greenback dependence, reports Nikki Asia, which goes on to say that the gold will likely was likely purchased from Russia. This helps them back their currency. They're using oil, they're using gold, and they're doing business with each other. While these other countries are collapsing and selling and panicking in order to just stay afloat pretty wild stuff uh let's get out of the let's get out of the finance stuff but i will give a quick plug to uh dr kirk elliott and the team there if you guys are interested in buying gold and silver you've got a 401k you want to roll over or a roth ira or you just have a little bit of cash you want to put into uh, an investment you could contact them for a free consultation just go to getgoldstay.com and let them know the red pill project sent you getgoldtoday.com. Dr. Kirk Elliott, his team is wonderful. Uh, check it out. All right, onward. Um, we talked about Twitter. Uh, let's see. Project Veritas had a breaking one that this video is actually really funny. If you guys follow Josh on Twitter, then you saw this already, but I have to play it because it's hilarious and not everybody has time to go through the news 24-7. So I picked this up. Project Veritas confronts Joseph Bruno. Bruno. He's the dean of the private school who promoted the use of butt plugs and other devices to kids. Uh, this teacher did. And that video came out today, I think. And then I guess Red po uh, Project Veritas found him and tried to confront him. So this is a video of that confrontation, plus as a clip of him bragging about um, having these sexualized topics and devices in front of children and how, how much he loves it and how great it is. Uh, pedophile shit is what it is. It's disgusting, it's gross, and we're gonna watch this video by Project Veritas. Um, I should be good with sound here. Joe Bruno. Yes. Hi there. Um, James O'Keefe with Project Veritas. Hell no, to the no, no, no. You're on camera here talking about giving anal sex toys and butt plugs to little children. They're just like passing around dildos, butt plugs. The kids are just playing with them. Sir, why are you running? Why are you running away? Why are you running? Sir, anal butt plugs and toys? Excuse me? Bruno, just, uh, excuse me, um, this, this guy, this teacher is talking about giving sex toys to your children. This is the space where we're dismissing children. Right. Can you actually evacuate the patio? Right, please? but he was giving sex toys to the children. I, I have children here. Isn't it ironic? Don't you think? Please evacuate We're, we're leaving. Um, but he was, he was talking about 
giving sex toys to children. We understand we're reporters asking someone a question. We are leaving, you bet. As you can see, he ran into the building as quickly as possible. Are we allowed to stand on the sidewalk, sir? Thank you. We're going to stand on the sidewalk right here. Um, are you, do you know a Joseph Bruno? Bruno? <laughs> Bueller? Bueller? Yes, you're filming me. We're filming you too. Joe Bruno, your dean of students, talking about giving sex toys to children. Okay. Project Veritas, doing great work over there. Oops, what did I do here? Yeah, Project Veritas doing great work. Wow. They have recordings uh, with one of their undercover journalists getting all this information out of this dean. Unbelievable. And the story doesn't end there. Um, I have more. Where is it? Uh, oh, shoot. Uh, the private school sent an email out. I don't have it up. Damn it. Uh, they ended up sending an email out, and they're basically saying they they are disclosing what happened. Uh, a dis uh, an event happened with a reporter, and it's being handled. Something along... I'm paraphrasing here. Basically, they said that they support their dean, and they're going to have security there and stuff. They, they're not doing anything about it. It's disgusting. So I wonder how many... How many groomers are there? You know, they're okay with this. And this is an expensive private school. This is pretty crazy stuff. So we'll see about what unfolds with this. But I don't think they're going to be able to continue this. My mic is low. My mic, <clears throat> I, it's all good on my end. I don't know what, I can't do anything else to further increase it. Are you guys okay? Five, five, please. Let me know. Let me know because I'm not sure what else I could do here. I could get a little closer, maybe. All right, let me know. Sounds good. Okay. Uh, with this whole Balenciaga thing that was going down, um, with their, another thing, groomers. What the hell is up with the groomers theme in the world? It's communism and groomers and tyranny, and it all seems to be going together for some reason. I'm noticing a trend. Well, we had the Balenciaga thing, and apparently Kim Kardashian's manager quits her job on the spot after Ye, a.k.a. Kanye West, told her the truth about, Bensley, about the Balenciaga scandal. And this is kind of good. Well, I mean, this is good. Watch this. And this is for all the celebrities out there. You guys have a voice. You guys make millions off of companies. I'm a single mother with a sole income, and if I was able to take a stand for our children, you can too. And for Balenciaga and Cedric and Demo Vizalia, you guys know what you guys are into. I looked into your guys' history, and it's a rabbit hole. Whoever's there for our children and want to save our children, start searching it and get your word out. Because I'm telling you, this is a spiritual fight between good and evil. And if we don't step up now, guess who's winning? We are not here to lose. We are here to win. Balenciaga, this is just the beginning. You have YSL, you have Gucci, you have McQueen, you have Bottega, and the list goes on of the Caring Group. Caring Group is a cult. Look it up. And 
She said the caring group is a cult. And I guess the caring group, based on context here, would be these different clothing lines or designers. I'm just thinking. I don't know. But that's what it seems like. Just on the context here, I'm not doing the deep dive into the pedo stuff and the groomer stuff. All right. I'll leave that to the pros like... Uh, Natalie Denise, if you guys don't follow her, follow Natalie. She does all the great work into that and gives us the meat and potatoes at the end of her research. I just don't have the stomach for it or the, uh, yeah, I can't. <clears throat> Thank you, Muhammad Ali, for following. I appreciate that. Welcome to the Red Pill Project. Hope you enjoy it. Okay. This is, I thought, would be a good thing to put in here based on popular demand. We talk about vaccines here once in a while, <laughs> since 2020, and uh, I wanted to put this little disclaimer in there for today and for every other day, for any other day I said vaccine or anything else. This is the expose with <laughs> there is no such thing as an mRNA vaccine. Stop calling it that. I know this is a lot of our pet peeves. Stop calling it a vaccine. Why isn't it a vaccine? There is no such thing as an mRNA vaccine. Stop calling it that. mRNA is and always has been part of the category of gene editing technologies. Gene editing technologies are used to invert new species um, from viruses to plants to hybrid parasites and animals. Ah. Create autoimmune, uh, uh, create autoimmune disease, cause cancers, and develop military-grade bioweapons. Vaccines don't do that. So there you go. There's a disclaimer. Um, because I read headlines, they say vaccines. I don't think of changing it all the time. But so let's look at this. Here's some COVID data that came out. Uh, Josh retweeted this. V-safe COVID vaccine adverse health impacts. According to official CDC data that came out, 7.7% of people that took their jab needed medical care. That's one in 13 people. Uh, 25% on top of that reported they were unable to work or go to school. The CDC put out some of this data after being sued, after the pants were sued off of them. Um, they never release. They're, they're just, they trickle it out. It's just a scam. It's just, ugh. but the data is starting to trickle out. It's coming out. We know the truth. A lot of independent studies, a lot of people dropping dead like this. Um, this isn't somebody dropping dead, thank God, uh, but we do have some here coming up. But if you guys didn't know, Celine Dion is 54 years old, and she has been di diagnosed with an incurable neurological disease. Can you believe that? This is another high-profile celebrity. Um, she put out a video... Um, is this the video? No, I think this is a video from her Insta. This is a snapshot from Celine Dion's Instagram where she canceled her upcoming tour almost in tears as she said, I have this disease and I can't continue. And I did a little bit of research and apparently this isn't the first time she's had to cancel because this fact checked exists by international business that says, did Celine Dion suffer severe injury after taking the COVID-19 vaccine? This is October 26th, 2021. And they said Celine Dion had to cancel her Las Vegas show as she is unwell. She's having pro uh, she's having problem performing on stage due to media conditions, as mentioned on her website. 
How I don't know what the heck that means, but however, in between all these, social media bu- is a buzz with a claim that Dion has been severely injured after taking the COVID-19 vaccine and is unable to perform. This has made several of her fans worried about her health. However, truth is that the singer is not fit enough to perform on stage, but she is no way, in no way, suffering from either the side effects of the COVID-19 vaccine, nor did she suffer any injury because of the vaccine. I call BS on that. Because, so you're telling me a year ago, right after she took the vaccine, she canceled her Vegas show, and now she has this neurological disorder where she's canceling her whole tour? Wow. Um, so sad. And I want to show you the end of her announcement because listen to her voice. This is crazy. Like, just stand by. As you know, I've always been an open book. And I wasn't ready to say anything before. But I'm ready now. Recently, I've been diagnosed with a very rare neurological disorder called the stiff person syndrome, which affects something like one in a million people. All right, she goes on. I'm going to go just to the end here. This means a lot to me. Take care of yourselves. Be well. I love you guys so much. And I really hope I can see you again real soon. Now, I don't know if she's really feeling like she's about to cry or she knows that she may not survive long or what but man isn't that just listening to that i don't know impacted me i'm like holy smokes i don't know if she's a good lady or not people are saying she's a demon and all this probably i mean you know hollywood but nobody deserves to be uh killed via experimental injections um body positivity tiktoker mega tucker dies suddenly and unexpectedly these seem to be a daily thing they are a daily thing we talk about it every single day megan tucker may she rest in peace a tiktoker who preached body confidence and acceptance into her nearly 1 million followers has died she was 21 years old 21 years old and uh, Celine Dion, you guys might have, we just covered that, but she said she has stiff person syndrome. It's a neurological disorder, so stiff person syndrome. Uh, interesting there. So we'll have to keep our eye on that syndrome. It's probably on the rise. And I think a lot of these diseases are caused by inflammation and these kinds of things. And we're going to see a rise across the board as people drop dead, unfortunately. And I, I'm like, I hate talking about this stuff, but I'm sorry. It's important that we continue I, I think it is to know what's going on because um, the ones around us need to understand too. I, I don't know. I just doesn't feel right to ignore it. This is huge. This is a genocide. So um, on the MRNA uh, topic still, the FDA has approved a bivalent MRNA injection for babies, according to the Daily Mail. 
so they're going after the little ones still meanwhile uh we have the military that may stop mandating them but we'll get to that um and then there's that video of china force vaccinating that elderly person or at least carrying them away to what they're saying is a vaccination situation and it's just so sad they're not vaccines i get that there's this video here that is a little bit disturbing so don't watch if you don't like to see animals in distress but this is really interesting if you guys recall the videos of the people that would look left and have seizures and die suddenly well this isn't a person this is a lion that spins around and dies suddenly if anybody has any explanation i'm open ears but i just find it interesting and coincidental and well let's face it i don't believe in coincidences here's a lion He appears to be having some kind of seizure does not look like normal animal behavior completely and totally freezing in place oh my gosh seizing okay i'll stop it there i get it we get it uh roxy said to go back to the fda approves unpopular bivalent covid shots for babies and encourages parents to get their child vaccinated before the holidays this was an article by the daily mail um, here we go. Agency greenlit, agency greenlit plans for updated shot to be given as part of a three-dose course. Children aged six months to four years will get bivalent as their mini, third mini-dose. Yet, the booster shots are very unpopular among adults with uptake at just 13%, which is, I guess, the silver lining on this sick situation. U.S. health officials today approved Pfizer and Moderna's bivalent COVID vaccines for babies in a move bound to draw criticism. The Food and Drug Administration has greenlit plans for the updated shots to be given as part of a three-dose course for children aged six months to four years. They're encouraging people to do this before the holidays. So, oh, God, terrible. Wouldn't recommend it. Talk to a smart doctor because, man, these things are bivalent what is bivalent good question i don't know let's look uh it's a um what is a bivalent vaccine i, I thought it was uh i'm not sure let's look i don't know um a bivalent covid19 vaccine may also be re referred to as an updated vaccine booster dose okay so i guess it's just the newest and greatest clot shot i don't know the history of the word or anything if anybody has more information point me in the right direction here or if you just know off the top of your head put it in the comments um let's move on here Brittany griner you may have heard of her Probably not from WNBA because no one watches that, but she was arrested, and that's when everybody learned who this was. She is the lesbian, black, lesbian, I don't know what else, uh, WNBA player who was arrested in Russia for possessing marijuana products. 
um, while she was released from prison in a trade. And there's a lot of controversy surrounding this. I'm sure you guys probably heard this first thing in the morning like I did when I was up at the crack of dawn amongst a crazy black storm. Um, there was a quid pro quo. And the Biden administration traded Brittany Griner for a notorious arms dealer named Victor Bout. Um, which is really interesting. So I guess the way that this happened was there was actually, there's a lot to this, but that's essentially the bulk of it, okay? An exchange happened, their prisoner for our prisoner. This guy, though, is a notorious arms dealer. It's crazy the amount of arms this man has transferred. He essentially had his own little air force. Um... He flew an estimated 1,000 supply missions for the U.S. in the Iraq War. So I actually think that this trade is not just about Brittany Griner and the wokeness of, of that drama. I think that's a part of it. But I think that this is a win-win trade because this guy's working with the U.S. as well and or has historically. Um... Let's watch a quick video about Victor Bout, and then I'll get into more on this story. Oops. Victor Bout, the guy that was traded in exchange for Brittany Griner. Victor Boot, uh, in, in my eyes, um, is one of the most dangerous men on the face of the earth. On the face of the earth. Without a doubt. Mike Braun, the former chief of operations for the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration, told us Boot first exploded on the scene in war-torn West Africa in the late 1980s. Elevating bloody conflicts from machetes and single-shot rifles to... AK-47s, not by the thousands, but by the tens of thousands. So he weaponizes civil war in Africa. He transformed these young adolescent warriors into uh, insidious, mindless, maniacally driven killing machines that operated with assembly line efficiencies. Now 43, Boot from the Soviet Republic of Tajikistan is a mystery man who reportedly served in the Soviet Air Force and Intelligence Service. The U.S. has indicted him on four terror-related charges, including conspiracy to kill Americans. What makes him a threat to the United States? He is a shadow facilitator. He's arming not only designated terrorist groups, uh, insurgent groups, but he's also arming very powerful drug trafficking cartels uh, around the globe. Taking advantage of Russian military contacts at the highest levels and the collapse of the Soviet Union, federal prosecutors allege Boot essentially became a one-stop shop, offering an unlimited supply of stockpiled Cold War weapons to bad guys around the world, including Charles Taylor of Liberia, who's now on trial for war crimes. According to the U.S. indictment, Boot had a unique selling point when it came to weapons trafficking. A fleet of cargo airplanes capable of transporting weapons and military equipment anytime, anywhere. More than 60 planes in all, his own private air force. Those Russian aircraft uh, were built like flying dump trucks. He could move this stuff and drop it with pinpoint accuracy to any desert, to any jungle, to any other remote place in the world right into the hands of what I refer to as the potpourri of global scum. Oh, I love that. The potpourri of global scum and also built like a flying dump truck. 
This guy is a damn terrorist, and that's who we traded for, Brittany Griner. What? And I'm going to backpedal here. I've got a couple corrections live. The lion video may be a Black Mamba, okay? Maybe a Black Mamba Venom bite that killed that lion, um, apparently, according to commenters. Okay, Black Mamba Bite seems similar on TV. So, yeah, okay, possible. Okay, sorry about that. And I got an update on what bivalent means when we were talking about the bivalent vaccine for the children six months to just a few years old. Bivalent means that the vaccine causes the immune system to create antibodies protection against two different types or strains slash variants of COVID-19 virus, the original strain and an Omicron strain. Okie dokie. So I wasn't wrong, but that's exactly what it is. I appreciate those updates, you guys, keeping me accountable. Always happy to revisit something. Um, so Brittany Griner was traded for this terrorist. And, and I joke. I'm like, maybe they just had to find, you know, to make the trade equal. This guy, uh, never mind. I'm not going to go there, but let's see. This is an interesting development to this story that I haven't heard a lot of people talk about. The Daily Wire put this out. Saudi leader MBS helped broker the Brittany Griner swap after the White House ended Khashoggi suit. 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 The Khashoggi suit. The lawsuit. So let's look at that. Saudi Arabia's Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman helped broker the dramatic prisoner swap between the U.S. Moscow and Moscow that sprang... WNBA star Brittany Griner from a Russian gulag days after Biden administration helped spike a lawsuit against the Saudi ruler. MBS, as the Saudi leader is known, and United Arab Emirates President Sheikh Mohammed bin Zayed led mediation efforts between the two nations whose diplomatic ties have been badly frayed by the war in Ukraine, <laughs> according to Arab News. Griner was traded for Victor ba Boot, a Russian arms dealer who plotted to help South American terrorists attack the U.S. Quote, the ministry said the success of the mediation efforts was a reflection of the mutual and solid friendship between their two countries and the United States and Russia. Read the joint statement from the Saudi Arabia and, uh, and the UAE. They also highlighted the important role played by the leadership of the two brotherly countries in promoting dialogue between all parties. President Joe Biden did not mention details of the negotiation in the Thursday morning announcement of the swap in which he condemned Russia's handling of Griner, who was arrested February 17th after being caught with marijuana vaping materials at a Moscow airport. Yada, yada, yada. There's also information. Uh, there's more information than that. Here's what Trump said, though. What kind of deal is it to swap Brittany Griner, a basketball player who openly hates our country, for the man known as, this is literally his nickname, the Merchant of Death? One is one of the biggest arms dealers anywhere in the world and responsible for tens of thousands of deaths and horrific injuries. Why wasn't former Marine Paul Whelan included, or, or Marine Paul Wellen included in this totally one-sided transaction? He would have been a let out for the, for the asking. What a stupid and unpatriotic embarrassment for the USA. Marine Paul, excuse me, Marine Paul Wellen was uh, sentenced in 2020 
I believe he was indicted or arrested by Russia as uh, being accused of being a spy when he went to a Russian wedding, and he's been in prison in Russia the last couple of years. I was reading that initially the deal was going to be Griner and the Marine, Paul Wellen, in exchange for their terrorist, their arms dealer, the merchant of death. And Russia said, you can, t- you can have one, one for one. And they said, all right, screw the Marine. Let's bring back the, the LGBTQ plus WNBA star. This is what I heard. So there we go. Priorities of the Biden administration. But what do you expect? Remember, you know, they left all those soldiers in Afghanistan. Huh. Disgraceful. And, um, yeah, this does not send a good message to other countries. And, you know, Donald Trump, he got back a lot of prisoners without even having a prisoner go in exchange. He had them released based solely off his deal-making and other things. He would just fit it in there, and he got a lot of people freed. He probably would have freed Paul Wellen if had he been in office, but we had a belligerent occupier instead. <clears throat> this one, this one, yeah. So the RNC research said, how does this... Okay, no, this is a question to John pierre and she's absolutely useless. Uh, why don't we have a listen? And just to try again on a question that you've gotten, how does this deal not send a message to Russia and to other governments that if they wrongfully detain American citizens, that they will have some of their most dangerous criminals, in this case, the merchant of death, released? Look, I've answered this question multiple times, and I've said this, and you've all reported this, and you have seen this as well. Uh, Russia and other countries have already been willing to wrongfully uh, detain U.S. citizens. But does this encourage them to continue doing it, to do it even more? Look, I cannot speak for other countries. Uh, That is not something that I am able to do from here. Uh, And just to try again. Well. She won't speak for other countries, but I'll tell you how it looks. It looks like they're going to see America as weak and they, that we negotiate with terrorists and make shitty deals and they're going to step all over us. That's how this game works. That's just my opinion. Holy smokes. This is me fired up today. Like the grinder thing is crazy. That Marine came right behind it. And then it being negotiated by a third party who's taking advantage of the situation to get their piece of the pie while taking advantage of the U.S. This is not good. This is this is why people don't like the U.S. And I hate to say it that way because, you know, U.S. is a very broad term and it's been hijacked by a belligerent occupier, so it's kind of hard to maintain your status quo when you have commies to commie tyrants in power. But this is what people see. And this is what gives America its name. It's so sad that our country's in this position. Um, of course, uh, the press secretary today during that meeting that we just saw a clip from, she ended the meeting because a reporter felt they had been treated unfairly and that she wouldn't answer their question. And they went back and forth and she just slammed her book, said, we're done and walked off. It was just really dumb. Uh, the U.S. House has passed a defense bill with billions. It includes billions of dollars in aid to Taiwan. 
uh, probably because of the upcoming war with China that we're all expecting. The House, uh, the bill is worth 858. It'll also, $858 billion is what it's worth. It'll also scrap the military COVID vaccine mandate, interestingly enough. Um, so that's happening. We'll see what happens with that. Publicity stunt. This was interesting. I don't know if you guys heard of this. I talked about it briefly on the morning show. I haven't seen a lot of people talking about this, and it's something interesting out of Germany. The German police conducted the largest raid since the Third Reich in what they claim was an attempted coup. So apparently there was an attempted coup in Germany, and they're likening it to the far right, and they're saying that these people are affiliated with QAnon and all this. Um, Very propagandized event here, but interesting nonetheless. The Gateway Pundit did a good article on it yesterday, or today rather. Um, They said that German police conducted the largest raid since the Third Reich yesterday, raiding 137 properties belonging to 52 people with 3,000 cops nationwide. 25 suspects were arrested on charges of forming a terrorist organization, including 71-year-old Prince Harry XIII of Rus. Press and half a dozen TV crews were informed on the scene and on the scene, leading a left-wing MP to call the whole thing a show. It's always interesting when you have a whole production there. And we learn more about this that makes it even more suspect. It was reminiscent of uh, recent U.S. raids on conservatives in America and a laundry list of evidence sure to amuse most MAGA patriots. Police found one firearm as well as black blank guns, prepper supplies, and large amounts of cash. The conspirators are said to belong to the so-called Reuschberger scene, many of them royalists who believe Germany is occupied by the Allies and has no peace treaty post-World War II. Reichsberger often sympathizes with QAnon. There is no QAnon, I will say that. Not that it's not real, not like they say about Antifa, where Antifa is just an idea. No, QAnon is a thing, but there's Q, and then there's Anons, right? Okay, you guys know. I'm preaching to the choir here, just saying it for the record. The article goes on. The domestic security spokeswoman of the leftist party in Bundestag, um, Martina Renner criticized the raid, calling it a show and revealing that journalists had been informed for up to two weeks ahead of the time, even of the names of suspects, their addresses and the time of the raid quote info about the raid was so widely available. It seemed more like a public publicity stunt. She told NTV the risk this caused the operation and the officers involved was completely out of proportion. She said Renner herself had known about the largest police raid since the third Reich, uh, since last week, even though it was allegedly classified as top secret by the attorney general. The raid may just be a way for the security apparatus to show they are doing something, said the left-wing pro-Antifa delegate, a way of showing they are not just making plans to combat right-wing terror, but are actually doing something about it. Former MP of the Alternative for Germany party, Birgit Malsack Winkelmann, a member of the AFD party court, was also arrested in the raid on unknown charges. Many observers now expect the left-wing government to use the bogus raid as a pretext to ban the AFD. Users on Twitter widely mocked the bogus raid, asking how many BB guns were confiscated and whether the elderly conspirators were armed with walking canes. 
according to statistics from the Germany Attorney General's Office, of 226 investigations opened in the first half of 2022, 131 of them involved radical Islamists, 68 involved foreign extremists, and only 9 far-right extremists. Interior Minister Nancy Faeser, Faeser herself an Antifa sympathizer, abolished the government panel on Islamism while concentrating on far-right terror far-right terror being in quotes really interesting it seems there's another coup going on here allegedly and of course they're pinning it on right-wing extremists and q and anons or what they call q anon ignorantly because uh it's just a bullshit information campaign that they don't get right um and of course they're aligned with antifa this is really interesting we're seeing a lot of movement like this uh, in other countries not necessarily pointed at QAnon and right-wing extremism but in a way or maybe not QAnon, but they do they pointed at right-wing extremism a lot of times and uh we see this unfoldment happening with the restructuring of the world governments people coming and going very quickly so it's an extremely interesting thing to note there i wanted to pull that out and share it and i will continue on here with a couple more stories that I thought were interesting. Um, A Ukrainian politician, Andriy Darkach, was indicted yesterday for violating U.S. sanctions. I found this on Twitter. I thought this was interesting. Nobody's covering this too much either. Let's pull this up and take a quick look. See what's going on here. We'll go to the Justice website. Uh, Russian intelligence agent charged with fraud and money laundering in connection with purchase and use of luxury Beverly Hills real estate. Defendant was sentenced in 2020 for attempting to interfere in the U.S. presidential election. A seven-count indictment was unsealed today in federal court. This is December 7th. In Brooklyn, charging Andrew Darkatch with conspiracy to violate the International Emergency Economic Powers Act. Bank fraud conspiracy, money laundering conspiracy, and four counts of money laundering in connection with the purchase and maintenance of two condominiums in Beverly Hills, California. Durkatch allegedly purchased the properties in violation of a new U.S. sanctions imposed earlier this year and concealed his interest in the transactions. Durkatch remains at large. Uh, Kremlin-backed Ukrainian politician and oligarch Andriy Darkach was sanctioned for his efforts to influence the 2020 uh, the 2020 U.S. presidential election on behalf of the Russian intelligence services, while participating in a scripted Russian disinformation campaign seeking to undermine U.S. institutions. Durkach simultaneously conspired to fraudulently benefit from a Western lifestyle for himself and his family in the U.S. The FBI will continue to use all of the tools at its disposal to identify Russian intelligence operations. It's interesting, though. He's Ukrainian. He's a Ukrainian politician and oligarch, but they're saying he's Kremlin-backed and working for Russia. I just thought it was an interesting little note here. Uh, You can find all full details over at the Department of Justice's website, justice.gov, for December 7th, 2022. Also here from the Justice Department, we have two men found guilty of charges for actions during january 6th capital breach two men one from virginia and one from texas were found guilty yesterday in the district of columbia of felony charges for their actions during the breach of the u.s capitol on january 6 2021 their actions and the conduct of others disrupted a joint session of the u.s congress convened to ascertain and count the electoral votes related to the presidential election they go into more details but 
apparently they just went in there, they looked at documents, they took pictures, they, you know, took the Capitol tour, and they're being uh, political prison and politically imprisoned. It's very sad. Um, with that, everybody, I apologize for the shorter show today, um, but I hope you enjoyed what we had out there. And if you watched live um, on the eighth, late at night, I apologize for the feed cutting off so suddenly. Uh, but for the audio listeners, I hope you enjoyed the entire show. Um, we will be back tomorrow, or I'm sorry, Friday night, the 9th at 5.30 p.m. Pacific, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time with an early edition of Conversations on the Fringe with myself and Jim Bob Oval Shorts. So head on through to the Red Pill Projects channels to view that. Uh, before that, we have Mick and V. Lynn with their show as well, so feel free to enjoy that one as well. And this weekend on Saturday night, 5.30 p.m. Pacific Time, we have makes you think with myself and Jim Bob Oval Shorts and then on Sunday choose Spiracy. So make sure you're getting the full Red Pull experience, enjoying all the programs, especially on the weekend where we go out on a limb. We start talking about things aside from pol- uh, political and social and global news. We go a little bit on the fringe. We talk about Bigfoot. We talk about aliens. We talk about science. We talk about theories. We talk about far out stuff and it's a good time. We talk about spirituality and philosophy, all that stuff. So that is our favorite time. We hope to see you there. Uh, thank you all for your continuous support. I appreciate it. If you want to join the private social network, once again, that is socialredpill.com. It doesn't cost you a dime unless you want to donate. You could create a subscription, but it's free to create an account and participate in everything there. www.socialredpill.com. We'd love to see you there. You can contact myself and Joshua Reed there if you are interested in sharing your uh, sharing anything with us or just getting in touch for any reason. So uh, you could do that there www.socialredpill.com thank you all once again appreciate it god bless and god speed